Blog Talk Radio. Defense Watch Radio on the front lines of truth and liberty. This is Ray Starman, the host of U.S. Defense Watch Radio on the front lines of truth and liberty. I'm also the editor of usdefensewatch.com, a website that's been around for about three years that reports mainly on the PC diversity and leftist destruction of the U.S. military that's going on right now. And that's the subject of our show today. I'm going to go over basically after I uh, dissect some of the uh, the day's news events, I'm going to go over in detail uh, – some of the events and policies uh, that have taken place or been implemented in the U.S. military during the last six months that is leading to and has already led to the complete, I call, wussification and feminization of our military. I'm going to tell you who's responsible for it and if anything can ever be changed to reverse this course, or else will it take a complete series of military debacles to finally bring uh, our Congress, uh, the Commander-in-Chief, and the Secretary of Defense to, uh, to their senses. Let's take a look at the, uh, the news today uh, going on here on Sunday, August 12, 2018, a humid day in sunny and normally dry Southern California. Feels a little bit like Fort Benning here today. Fort Benning, California. Let's take a look here. Uh, just taking a look at the Drudge Report. Amarosa drops more bombs. You know, I pretty much Amarosa was a has been 15 years ago or 10 years ago. She's still lurking out there. She's just one of these people constantly trying to get more press, another book deal, maybe another reality show gig, because for God's sake, how many reality shows are left now? Thank God that uh, freaking fad is starting to, uh, has already kind of waned for the most part. Let's take a look what else is going on here. Dust from 9-11 attack has given almost 10,000 cancer. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, segueing, people don't believe, a lot of the uh, VA, of course, doesn't believe that anybody that's in the Gulf War might be actually uh, sick from all the stuff that uh, we're exposed to out there. Oil fires, nerve gas bunker explosions, uh, nerve gas antidote, antidote pills that uh, weren't even approved by the FDA, depleted uranium in the atmosphere, or the, not in the atmosphere, in the air. Let's see what else is going on here. Fans don't seem to be lessening the reach of Alex Jones. No, Alex Jones is continuing to kick ass. No matter what the communists that run Facebook, Google, YouTube, and the rest of Apple, Apple, Apple's run by the Chicoms, are trying to do. Because why are they trying to shut down Alex Jones? Because he has a gigantic following, and he's spreading the word of freedom. Alex Jones is Sam Adams of 2018. God bless him. God bless him. Let's take a look at what else is going on. Seattle plain thief, just a broken guy. He's got a few screws loose. I was kind of, kind of, uh, you know, look with interest some of these stories of these guys that, uh, you know, land little planes at the big airport, somehow take steal a plane, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, what was that one show that used to be on the uh, History Channel, Airplane Repo? I thought that was kind of an interesting show. But the guy they sneak into the airport to repo a guy's airplane that he didn't pay his bills. America burning 100 large wildfires as new blazes erupt. All-out aerial assault helps firefighters save homes in California. I'll tell you, if you want to be a firefighter, this is the place to be. There is a ton of action out here in the West. You know, it's, if you want to do it, you're a young young guy, come on out here. You'll uh, you'll have a great career, especially some of these, uh, these L.A. County fire, fire guys. They're making a fortune. They actually have uh, lifeguards in Los Angeles County that are making well over six figures. Now, how do you get that gig? Okay, let's see what else is going on. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's see. I mean, if I can just uh, click on here. Comrade Ocasio-Cortez, you know, the uh, communist, the Marxist-Leninist that uh, is probably going to uh, be a Congress uh, person from um, the Bronx District. Well, her latest, uh, her latest uh, thing in the news today, uh, she tells Democrats in Hawaii that her life was shaped by unaddressed history of imperialism. Now, if you don't know anything about this woman, and let me tell you something, um, I'm going to have a whole show about her because uh, I can't stand her because she's a goddamn communist. She makes it sound like she grew up in abject poverty, you know, and she's telling these people in Hawaii about imperialism. She grew up in Westchester County, okay? What's that like? Beverly Hills, okay? She grew up in the Beverly Hills of the New York metropolitan area. She's basically a limousine communist, you know. And like all these other millennials, they weren't around during the Cold War. Has this woman ever been to a communist country? How about a, a really, you know, a, a socialist country? No, she hasn't been anywhere. I would have given her uh, 12 hours to survive in old East Germany before she came running back through Checkpoint Charlie. Uh, you know, she think uh, there's just uh, why these some of these millennials are, are glorifying one of the most evil political systems in the history of the of the world is beyond me. Socialism, communism creates one thing: economic hell. Communism itself responsible for the deaths of 100 million people in the 20th century. But hey, other than that, we're democratic socialists. We're not like that. We just want free housing for everybody. Everybody's going to – she wants – I was on her website, 
And I don't want to go too much into this, but I was on her website yesterday. She wants everybody to have a federal job because everybody would be working for the state under Comrade Ocasio-Cortez. Everybody will be working for the state. And here's her theme song, a little music for her. Enough of that. Every time in the future when you hear that music playing on U.S. Defense Watch Radio, you know I'm going to talk about the little commie from Westchester County who's actually never been to either a socialist or communist country. And she was talking in this, this, this speech to Hawaii how people of Hawaii are still oppressed. It's, yeah, it's a terrible being oppressed there in Maui. Yeah, I'm so oppressed with 80 degrees all year round on my surfboard, <coughs> but totally oppressed. Absolutely. Everybody, comrades, give away all your wealth. Let's share in the wealth because this utopian idea worked so well 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, that all system ended up on the ash heap of history in Europe. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. More on her later on. More on her. But she is, she is the face of the Democratic Party. They own her. They got her. And uh, hopefully she'll contribute to uh, the, the Republicans kicking some butts here in the next couple months in November. All right. When we come back on U.S. Defense Watch, we're going to talk about our main subject today, PC diversity and the leftist destruction of the U.S. military. And how our military leaders, I call them the worst generation of U.S. military senior officers in the, in the history of this republic, bar none have let this all happen. And we'll be right back on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. I'll tell you, that's the, uh, that's the theme from the uh, 1986 movie Delta Force with Chuck Norris, Lee Marvin, and a cast of thousands. I think we need Chuck Norris as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff because uh, he probably wouldn't allow a lot of stuff that's going on to go on. You know, I, I thought when the, uh, the Mad Dog, the Mad Dog was going to get in there and clean up. He's the Mad Dog. Oh, yeah. He's a Marine. He's the Mad Dog. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna put a stop to all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the Mad Dog is nothing but a little chihuahua on the leash of the butch dyke that runs the Air Force Academy. We'll get to that later. All right, let's talk about an uh, article that U.S. Defense Watch picked up on um, 
that was published by the New York Times, All the Lies Fit the Print. The name of the article is, The Marines Didn't Think Women Belonged in the Infantry. She's Proving Them Wrong. And the, uh, there's a great picture at the top of the article. Uh, U.S. Defense Watch link to this, uh, where this uh, female infantry platoon leader, I hate to even say those words together, uh, she's got her little long hair and braids, and she's talking to her platoon, and they look like they would rather be charging a machine gun nest on Okinawa than listening to this bimbo. But hey, diversity is beautiful. And of course, the, uh, the article's written by uh, some, some ass clown named Thomas Gibbons Neff. I've never been within 5,000 yards of any shot and shell. Uh, but he is just praising the fact that uh, this Lieutenant Harrow, first woman in the uh, infantry, uh, platoon leader in the Marine Corps, her, her platoon loves her. Uh, she never tires, never fails, never quits. Here, here's the opening paragraph. I'll just read to you. I can't go read the whole thing because I'll probably vomit. At Mount Bundy Training Area, Australia, First Lieutenant Marina Harrow watched a dozen Marines charge towards human silhouettes made of a paper atop a nearby hill. Despite the early hour, the troops' armored vests and camouflage uniforms were soaked with sweat. She stood back as they scrambled up the rocky incline, shouting and firing rifles. Push left, she said, after the squad completed its mock attack and assembled around her, gulping from canteens as they waited feedback. And make sure you're communicating. That's right. Be communicating. You know, like when you're charging that machine gun nest, guys, make sure you text each other like, hey, how many likes do I have on Facebook? Okay. So basically the gist of this article is that uh, she made it through the Marine Corps Infantry Officer Course at Quantico, Virginia, which is the same thing roughly except the Marines of the Army's uh, Infantry Officer Basic Course at Fort Benning, Georgia, home of Camp Diversity, a.k.a. Ranger School. Uh, now, Harold is only one of two women that have made it through this thing and that are now platoon leaders, okay? Mr. Uh, – what's this guy's name? I can't remember his hyphenated name. Mr. Gibbons Neff uh, fails to point out in the article one very significant fact that two months before this woman made it through the uh, Marine Corps' IOBC, the Marines – took away the combat endurance test, a staple of their officer candidate course, or officer uh, infantry platoon leader course, for over 40 years, 43 years, I believe. Uh, why did they, basically, they turned it into something that you had to pass to get through into um, just something you kind of do. It's not going to be graded. Um, if you ladies would like to take about five years to make it through, it's, it's okay. Or, if, you know, maybe you don't even make it through. It's okay, everybody... Everybody gets a silver star. And lo and behold, after they changed the rules, you've got two women that are now Marine Corps Infantry uh, platoon leaders. Isn't that wonderful? That's how diversity works. You have a standard that's been in place for, for eons, and you destroy the standard. The women make it through, and you rejoice at the fact that women are now physically equal to men because um, Jilly Brown said so. She said that men, women are now physically equal to men because – Kristen Gillibrand is actually the Secretary of Defense, since the real Secretary of Defense is hiding out in his 15,000-volume library with his boyfriend. That's just a rumor. I can't confirm or deny that. Okay, so that is what's going on in the, in, in the Marines. 
And I don't know about you, but can you imagine um, what would Chesty think about that? You know, Chesty Puller. I don't know. Let's listen. What's Chesty have to say? Chesty, you out there, buddy? Chesty. Boys, division just translated some Jap newspapers that was found on the other side of the Matanical. Would you care to know what the Nips think of us? Yes, sir. The Americans on this island are not ordinary troops, but Marines, a special force recruited from jails and insane asylums for bloodlust. They <laughs> <laughs> got that right. <laughs> I got some more good news. Rumors that they would never get here to the contrary. The army just landed. I know, I know. I want every man in my... All right. Yeah, the army just landed. Can you imagine Chesty dealing with uh, a couple... Uh, lady platoon leaders. The whole point of the matter is, you know, it would be one thing if this woman, that these women actually made it through the old standards, but no, the standards are being dropped. We're going to talk about the other places where the standards are being dropped. It's all a lie, okay? And what you do is, what they're doing is they're basically propagating the lie by destroying the standards. That's like saying, you know, Ray, uh, if you want to be in the, uh, if you got to, uh, if you want to be a uh, track and field star in the Olympics, you got to uh, run the 50-yard dash in, in uh, you know, six seconds or whatever. Whatever. Actually, be kind of fast. Uh, whatever. Six seconds. Actually, wouldn't be fast. Um, but I can't run the 50-yard dash in six seconds. Uh, I can run it in 15 seconds. But let's let's just ruin the standards there, and you'll get through. And now you're in the Olympics, buddy, because everybody gets a trophy. Sorry, that's probably not a good example. Um, I haven't run the 50-yard dash in a while. Okay, let's get back to the uh, another article that was on U.S. Defense Watch this week. Uh, Death of the U.S. military. I've used that title before. Check out the new military lactation room directory. Oh, yes. From a website, one of my favorite new websites. It's called Breastfeeding and Combat Boots. That's, that's right, folks. You go to U.S. Defense Watch. You don't believe me. You think I'm full of crap. Just go on there and link to it. It's all there. Pop a few tums before you get there. Uh, this is from the website. Do you have a lactation room at your command? Having a space dedicated to pumping for breastfeeding mothers is critical to maintaining your milk supply and allowing you to be successful at breastfeeding while serving on active duty. Absolutely. If you don't know any of lactation rooms on your base or post, consider creating one yourself. Absolutely. Hey, uh, hey Sergeant Major, uh, I, 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 mind if I use that closet as a lactation room? I have a hard time picturing my command sergeant major did five tours in Vietnam with the 173rd Airborne. Setting up a lactation station might have been a problem. Just, just saying. Might have been. Probably would have been. You might be surprised at the number of active duty breastfeeding women that will show up and use it. Absolutely. You know, build it and they will come. I can't even read any more of this. Uh, I'm just going to read. There's all the, uh, the whole directory is on U.S. Defense Watch. Here's an example. If you're at Fort Rucker at Cairns Army Airfield, 164th Tactical Air Operations Group. See the staff duty officer for the key. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cannot picture in a million years when I was in the Army, somebody, a woman coming in and asking me for a key to a, a freaking lactation station. But yeah, yeah, it's right next to the ammo bunker. You know, you keep all the ammo just in case the Ruskies attack. Yeah, yeah, pump away. Ah, yeah. Diversity is beautiful. 
Yeah, the, the, there's this the whole list there. You go every state, overseas, Oconus, Oconus, Air Force. A lot of Air Force stuff here. I don't think I can see Navy stuff. I'm sure the Navy's. I know the Navy's been destroyed too. A lot of stuff going on in the Air Force. Air Force is. Oh yeah, it's not exactly Chuck Yeager's Air Force anymore. I just call it the wrong stuff. All right, let's move on here. Talking about the six months' worth of PC diversity and leftist destruction from a couple articles that appeared on U.S. Defense Watch that I uh, wrote this week, the last couple weeks, actually. Let's go to part one, which goes back. We're going to go work our way backwards uh, from now to uh, June. We'll start out with before we take a station break. Allow me to get a sip of coffee. Uh, I love the picture that I found at uh, the article, uh, part one. You've got the... This female sergeant major, and she's got a combat patch. And uh, you've got, uh, I can't even see that guy's uh, insignia because, uh, you know, the Army kind of hides their branch. You know, they, you, know, you don't wear branch insignia anymore. You just wear your, 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 your rank. It looks like a colonel or something. He's smiling. They're both smiling. You know why they're smiling? Because they're cutting the red ribbon on a new Mamava lactation station at Camp Marie, Wisconsin. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. All right. Let's take a look. <coughs> this was uh, last week. The Air Force announced that it had given new mothers approval to wear a special breastfeeding T-shirt under either airman battle uniform. Now, let's think about that. Airman battle uniform or operational camouflage uniform, special breastfeeding airman battle uniform t-shirt. <sighs> Why do I picture such stuff like, uh, you know, the movie 12 o'clock high, you know, dog fights over freaking North Vietnam, Korean war. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just crazy. World war two, eighth air force bombing Germany. Ninth Air Force. <sighs> okay. And apparently, you know, this is just normal stuff now. Uh, the announcement uh, came 24 hours before the 75th anniversary of Operation Tidal Wave. For anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, it was the daring mission in 1943 when B-24 liberators from the Ninth Air Force hit uh, nine oil refineries in Nazi-occupied Ploesti, Romania. Great pictures. You've seen them of the B-24s. They're basically they're 20 feet off the ground practically. It's coming in hard, and it was uh, it was a, it was a bad day for the Air Force or the Army Air Corps at that time. It's called. Uh, they lost 53 aircraft and 660 air, air crewmen. This is when we were actually focused on fighting wars. Okay, we didn't worry about um, if um, Cindy in the bomber. Oh, Cindy's our tail gunner, but she's lactating. Um, she's going to be pumping during the mission. Is that okay? Uh, absolutely, because I don't want to be reported to the diversity officer. Oh, I've got uh, Fock Wolf 190s on my ass. Hey, Cindy, can you help cover me? No, no, I'm pumping. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Don't worry. We'll just eat that lead. Five medals of honor and 56 distinguished service crosses were given to personnel that participated on that mission when the military was focused on winning wars. And goddamn, we did win that war. Excuse my French. Okay, the Air Force's uh, breastfeeding T-shirt was preceded, of course, by the Army's recent acceptance of the shirts. Absolutely, absolutely. General Milley just loves that kind of stuff. You know, I love Milley. He, he 
he he you know rubber stamps all this stuff, and then he gets out there and he beats his chest like Tarzan, like uh, do you think we're weak Russians? Uh, we're gonna kick your butt, uh, Millie. You know, looks like he just got through at the weight room, <clears throat> and then he, you know shuts off the mic and the Russians are laughing because uh, you know Millie just uh, ordered uh, a couple new lactation stations to be built. Okay, you can't be feminized. And do this kind of stuff and expect your enemies not to be laughing in your face. Because they're going to come to war the old-fashioned way with guys. We're going to come to war with, uh, I, don't even know what, I don't even know what to call it. Okay. Uh, once again, the bre- website, Breastfeeding and Combat Boots, you can link to it on U.S. Defense Watch. Here's a couple helpful hints on um, for women who will be pumping milk during field exercises or on overseas deployments. Quote from the website, you will be on the move constantly. Yeah, no kidding. Most likely you will not have any electricity, refrigeration available. You mean they don't have, like, refrigerators and a, and a talk and an armored combat unit in a war? Despite all this, you can continue to pump while in field conditions or on the range. Absolutely. I mean, I saw that all the time at Graffenbeer. I saw I'm out there, Range 109, OIC, you know, M16 range. We had women pumping all the time. They're pumping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, at least 30 or 40 women were pumping breast milk out there on range 109 at Graf. <laughs> Don't even talk about the uh, the Calfex range, combined armed live fire exercise. Oh, God, they lactation stations everywhere out there. <sighs> okay, speaking with your leadership is vital. This is from the website. Don't go into an FTX or out to the range hoping that you can pump without anyone knowing about it. Let your command know that you need to pump while in the field. Around the range will be necessary in order to keep from developing mastitis. Your leadership also needs to know your requirements for pumping. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, come on. All right. Operation Tidal Wave, bombing oil fields, Luftwaffe, Nazis, field exercises, deployments, breast milk. What's what's wrong there? What's wrong with that picture? Um, then we speed up quickly to uh, August 22nd, 2018, coming soon. Don't forget this one. It's Women's Equality Day in the 1st Infantry Division. You remember those guys, the big red one? World War One, World War Two, Sicily, North Africa, little place called Omaha Beach, Battle of the Bulge, Vietnam, Desert Storm, Iraq too. But what's important is that there's women's equality in infantry units. Try not to throw up. All right. Oh yes. Then uh, last week. Story circulating around the net concerning the Army's new physical fitness test. It's a real whopper, too. They have about eight or nine different events. It's gen- gender and age neutral. No longer are you going to have to do those nasty push-ups and sit-ups. They still have the two-mile run, but I think they're going to get rid of that, too, because why stress these young people out? I, I, I read on the, it was like on the Army Times had an article about it, pra- you know, praising it, and this woman wrote, Oh, God, it's so fabulous. I don't have to slam my back into the ground anymore and do any sit-ups. No, no, of course not. Don't worry about it. There's all sorts of new stuff on there. It's just beautiful, like uh, throwing a medicine ball and a dog sled pull or whatever. So once again, the new Army uh, PT test, they have, they have no standards yet for it, probably because there won't be any. They'll just probably be one of those participation things because that's the way the military's. you know, you don't have to pass or fail. It's just, just participate, and it's beautiful. Um, gender neutral and age neutral. 
Oh, yes. Here's another one. On July 20th, the Army Times reported that Captain Brittany DeBarros, assigned to the Army Psychological Operations Command, was under investigation after she went on several Twitter rants concerning her hatred for the racist, Islamophobic, warmongering executive branch and the nation that she serves. Captain DeBarros is also a supporter of the Marxist terrorist group Black Lives Matter. Is there a pattern here? Spencer Rapone, Brittany DeBarros, reality winner Bo Bergdahl, Chelsea Manning, Jeffrey Nance, the SOB who let Bo Bergdahl off the hook. Uh, Arlington, we have a problem. Um, General Mattis, are you there, sir? Hello, you were supposed to come in and change all this stuff. Nothing's happening. And let's see what else we have. On July 19th, Fox News reported that the commander of the Warren Air, F.E. Warren Air Force Base has replaced the Bible on the POWMI table with the generic book of faith. Yes, that's right, because the Air Force is leading the way of destroying any, any facet of Christianity. In the services, because we're going to be gender neutral, age neutral, religious neutral. We're going to just everything is going to be just so PC and diverse. In an article on task and purpose from July 9th, Major Jenny Gunderson argues that the problem with the Army War College is that pregnant officers are not allowed to enroll in the school. I mean, come on, where are we? Where are we? This is 2018. They should be allowed to be pregnant and be at the Army War College. Because no doubt, you know, when the Army goes to war, they're going to need a lot of pregnant, you know, field grade officers and staff positions and ones to command battalions and brigades. Where is the Army on this? But don't worry. If the Army has not caught up to this yet, don't worry. They'll roll over once they figure out that uh, they need to be more PC on this. Uh, I think there's a common equation that's happening that we see across the uh, military. It's called uh, military plus war plus women plus combat arms plus pregnancies plus lactation equals total chaos. And and that's the thing, you know, that's the thing that uh, is really the most disturbing. Okay, there's always been women in military that have done a lot of support stuff. Nurses, doctors, lawyers, whatever, finance corps, uh, some military intelligence stuff. The fact is, though, that there are so many women in the military now. There are 170,000 women in the Army that the whole organization, the whole U.S. Armed Forces combined, has been completely feminized. The mission is to fight wars and win. Okay? It's not a corporation. Nobody really cares if all this crap is going on in some corporation. Because guess what? Quaker Oats ain't going out there to fight a war. I don't care what they do. They could can, they can staff their whole company with transgenders, whatever. But U.S. military is a different story. They have one mission, as I've said, and one mission only, to kill people and break things and to do it as violently as and as swiftly as possible. And anything that gets in the way with that is destroying the fighting spirit and the warrior culture of the military. And everything I've been reading and will continue to read is doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Uh Uh-huh. We already talked about the two women that had uh, graduated from the, the Marine Corps Infantry Officer Course. Like I said, you've got a standard that women can't meet. You get rid of the standard. Women make it, and then you celebrate it with, oh, 
feminist pomp and circumstance. Like, oh, I mean, has anybody read the Army Times, Marine Times, the Navy Times lately? It looks like it's like Pravda during the during the Cold War. Okay, it, it, it literally it's like a rubber stamp for diversity. It makes me sick. I can't. I can barely even look at it online. All righty, here we go. Here we go. You know what? I wonder. I wonder what Clint Eastwood thinks about all this stuff about women in the military. Let's let's Clint, you out there, buddy? Clint, maybe he's not there. Oh, here he is. Very stylish. Absolutely, Clint. That sounds very stylish. That sounds very stylish. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, okay. Here's something that's stylish at uh, Camp Diversity, which I Ranger School. You know, Ranger School. Remember where the the 37 year old mommy graduated last year or two years ago? And uh, I mean, what a victory for diversity that was! You can be a mommy. You can seize an airfield in the morning, and then you can come home and just take care of the kids. Maybe you even do a little black. Breast pumping downrange too. I mean, come on! Didn't you didn't you hear in World War II Reagan's famous speech that he made on the 40th anniversary of D-Day that Peggy Noonan wrote called "The Mommies of Point du Hoc? I mean, come on! Most 37 year old women can get through Ranger School that are mommies. There there was no there was no collusion there. Let me tell you something. When I was in the army, okay, uh, I remember this captain. He was 32, airborne airborne Ranger 82nd. Light as a feather, you know, one of these guys that, you know, could run 200 miles that weighs nothing. And he said, listen, cadets, if you're going to go to ranger school, you better go when you're young. Because they almost killed me there when I was 32. Now, I'm just trying to figure out how a 37-year-old mommy of two made it through. Okay? I'm trying to figure out how the other 12 women or 11 women have graduated. Okay? And the initial reports that there were special dietitians and you know, basically what happens to them there is that um, they're not, they haven't really lowered the standards, but all they do is like, hey, you failed a patrol? Keep going. Uh, we'll give you a couple thousand chances uh, to pass that. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, uh, General Scott Miller said uh, there was no special training at all for those initial graduates, female graduates from Rangers. Well, none at all. Uh, General Miller, why do I have a document from a whistleblower at Fort Carson that shows clearly in an Excel spreadsheet that there was special training for 90 days for women. That's all they did at Fort Carson, especially Lieutenant Haver, who failed nav- land navigation every time she took it during the 90-day uh, special pre-pre-ranger training. Uh, but yet she uh, made it through ranger school. I, maybe she learned how to use the compass by then. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Miller was another sellout. The guy was a hero in the Battle of Mogadishu, Delta Force. Uh, sucked down enough uh, diversity Kool-Aid to... Uh, Fill up the Chattahoochee River down there at Benning. Okay, so um, a female student at Ranger School became pregnant a couple months ago. Uh, they finally let her go out of Ranger School. But guess what? They've invited her back. She can come back after she has the baby as part of Operation Bun in the Oven Recycle. You get pregnant there. You can come back when you feel fit and you're ready to go. And who knows, you want to bring your kid to maybe do a little diaper changing out there, you know, on a, a ranger run, no problem. Get one of those little papoose packs, you know, 
what what a, what, a, what a disgrace all this is to the to the Rangers and their and their and their brave history. It's just you know, French Indian War, World War Two, Merrill's Marauders, Pontu Hawk, Hill Four Hundred, Black Hawk Down. It's just it's just unbelievable. If I, I'll tell you, I mean. Anybody who's been in a Ranger regiment, you guys have got to be just about ready to scream. All right. Before station break here, let's cover one more thing. Oh, in June, the chair of the military history department at the Army War College, Jen Middlestott, a woman who has absolutely no military training, no military background, but don't let that stop the Army War College from hiring her as the chair of the military history department, a woman who wouldn't know a trace around from a Twinkie, argued in an op-ed, you can link to this, that the Army War College needs to focus less on war and more civilian college in the curriculum. Absolutely, Jen, where's the Army been for 200 years? It's been focusing on military-type stuff when all along they should have honed in on topics like gender in battle, diversity in the counter-recon mission, using PC to mass combat power. God help us all. And we'll be right back on U.S. Defense Watch Radio on the front lines of truth and liberty. Some people don't, but John Wayne's in it, so any movie John Wayne's in was a great movie. We're going to talk about what's going on down there at Bragg uh, in the second part of uh, U.S. Defense Watch Radio right now. We've got about uh, 22 minutes left. And let's go with part two of the article I wrote that was up on usdefensewatch.com last week. Six months worth of PC diversity and leftist destruction in the U.S. military, part two. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find the article. It's got the uh, Air Force sergeant taking her reenlistment oath of office with a little uh, puppet in her hand. Yep, that was normal. I saw that all the time on active duty in the 7th Cavalry. Hey, uh, Sergeant Major, uh, you got any puppets? We've got a reenlistment ceremony coming. That's another moment Sergeant Major would have um, killed somebody with his bare hands. I've seen him. I've seen him do it a couple times almost. Uh, it used to be called uh, wall-to-wall counseling in the uh, old Army for any millennials listening. You just didn't get a counseling statement. You, uh, you, got, the, uh, you got a visit to the sergeant major, and he basically uh, shoved the counseling statement up your ass after he bounced you off his wall locker a few times. All right. Um, there's a, uh, there's a, part of this article talks about the fact that the Pentagon was covering up the uh, fact that the USS Fitzgerald almost sank because some of the uh, female officers 
um, that were a tactical action officer and the officer of the day um, basically screwed up this this whole this, screwed up the night of the, uh, the collision. It's it's pretty lengthy. You can actually uh, read it on my article. I'm I'm trying to. I don't have that much time. I'm going to go to a few other things here, but check it out. It's interesting. Um, Let's go into June when Second Lieutenant Spencer Rapone, you remember him, the Marxist-Leninist, the graduate of West Point. Uh, he was giving an other, given an other honorable discharge for his actions, which included posting pro-communist and Antifa messages on social media. His intention to infiltrate the U.S. military as a communist and his reference to the Secretary of Defense as a vile, evil uh, effort. Now, he was not court-martialed. Uh, he did not receive a dishonorable discharge. And he was also allowed at one time to graduate from West Point. The only thing the Army did well on this thing is they threw him out of the Ranger Regiment, and then they threw him out of the Army. Why was he allowed to graduate from West Point? Because the the cadre there, all the way to the headmaster, are a bunch of liberal dipshits. All the little liberal Obama holdouts that are running the U.S. military right now. Oh, here we go again. April 30th, the Army Times, with its usual Orwellian fanfare, celebrated the fact that Cadet Taylor England, that's a chick from West Point, will be assigned to the famous 173rd Airborne Brigade. Once again, Sergeant Major, Command Sergeant Major Sneed would have loved to serve under her, especially at uh, Hill 873. I'm sure she would have uh, held her own there. Uh, okay, she's going to be assigned to the 173rd Airborne. She should have already probably be there right now. Uh, how long does infantry OBC last? Six months? Well, maybe on the way. According to the Army Times, Cadet Taylor England, a regimental sergeant major at the OK, is committed to the unit, which is interesting. Uh, when I was at OBC, you never committed to a union, okay? You basically went where the Army told you you were going, okay? They tried to send me to Fort Riley. I had other plans. I eventually convinced his captain of Perscom to send me to Germany, after he told me he was going to kill me a couple times. But anyway, you basically go where the Army tells you to go. Excuse me. My headset is uh, strangling me right now. Okay. Um, But obviously, um, the Army leadership has decided that England is going to be their little diversity poster girl for the inundation of females in the combat arms, and especially in the rock and roll units like the 173rd. Remember that the... uh, the Army's, mission, the Army's motto now is uh, to be as PC as you can be. Remember the old Army Army uh, ads that used to be on in the 80s? They were, they were pretty cool, like this one. A Ranger never takes the easy way out. You're reaching deep inside you for things you've never known. Go! That's why getting into the Rangers is tough and the training is tough. So it makes me feel like I'm part of something really special. And I'm not the only one. Oh, yeah. Be as PC as you can be. Find your future in diversity in the Army. Rangers lead the way to the maternity ward. Okay, let's. here's another one. In April, the Army Times, all my favorite publication, published the following article. All four service chiefs, on record, no harm to units from transgender service. As they ta- they uh, testify to our real Secretary of Defense, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. You know, you know Kirsten, a little, little uh, hayseed senator, 
from upstate New York, soccer mom, and who's never served a day in the U.S. military, um, obviously never been in combat, but she is basically one of the driving forces for women to get their ass shot off in the next war in a combat arms unit. Uh, Millie, Neller, Richardson, and uh, Goldfine from the Air Force, all told her. Uh, here's uh, Miss Julie, quoting Jill Brown. In the last two weeks, General Milley, General Neller, uh, Admiral Richardson, and General Goldfine have told me that they have seen zero reports of issues of cohesion, discipline, and morale as a result of open transgender service, Julie Brown said. Really? Now, I've got, um, I got this uh, in an email from a buddy of mine. Uh, last week concerning uh, transgenders in the military, in the Army particularly. I'll just summarize this quickly. We have a new recently retired guy at work that spent both active duty and National Guard time. He retired as an 05, and during his last assignment, he had a transgender soldier in his unit. The soldier's a warrant officer, male, married, and two kids, and decided some time ago that he was really a woman and started going through transition. During the course of what I understood to be at least a couple of years, he failed three consecutive PT tests, which are grounds for chaptering out of the Army. Now, they wanted, to trans, they wanted to kick this guy out of the Army, but then uh, a general that was in charge of the command, wherever that was, I don't want to say, he said that if we kick this guy out, there's going to be a backlash because he's a transgender, yada, yada, yada. So this guy's still around. Of course. Of course he is. There's a side note. My friend said he knew the family, and it was really messing up the young kids. You think so? All this in detail on usdefensewatch.com. But as the generals reported to Secretary of Defense Gillibrand, absolutely no problems at all. Everything. Oh, no, absolutely not. You know, Millie comes out. Uh, he, Millie gets in there with, with Gillibrand. Oh, yes, no problems at all, Kirsten. You, you, you're in charge. Oh, you're in charge. Okay. Okay, slap me down with my M16, Kirsten. And then Millie gets out there in front of the press. He's like, we're going to kick some ass against the Ruskies. No, you're not, General. You're not. Believe me. So go pound your chest some more. All right. Oh, yeah. And I reported uh, U.S. Defense Watch. Uh, this was in <coughs> May. Remember Denim Day at West Point? Where take off your uniform. And the uniform choice is from Facebook page on Denim Day. The uniform choice is a part of an intentional international effort to raise awareness and prevent future sexual assaults and harassment. That's why they had Denim Day. I'm just trying to picture Schwarzkopf, MacArthur, Patton, Collins, Rose, Pershing, Leonard Wood, Lee Grant, Longstreet, Custer, and Winfield Scott uh, parading around uh, West Point in blue jeans to, as part of a cause to raise awareness on sexual harassment. Winfield Scott is turning in a rather large grave right now. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Okay. Oh, yeah. In April, uh, retired Major General Iron Mike Healy, Special Forces, passed away at 91. He was a legend, Iron Mike Healy, and actually the inspiration for John Wayne's character in the movie The Green Berets. The same weekend that uh, General Healy, God bless him, passed away. Um, Master Sergeant Robin Brown, a public affairs NCO with the Tennessee Air National Guard, recited her oath of reenlistment using a dinosaur hand puppet. Yes, that's true. That's what you call Iron Mike Healy, Robin Brown, Dinosaur Hand Puppet, Iron Mike Healy, Korean War, Vietnam. Enough fruit salad for a whole goddamn division. Old Army versus New Army military. Then we have uh, what's going on at uh, Fort Bragg, which I've talked about before, and basically how 
there was a letter that was written, an anonymous letter, really was theoretically supposed to be written by one person. It's really by multiple cadre members from the uh, their instructors at the Special Forces Qualification Course, otherwise known as the Q course that you have to pass to become a Green Beret. And the letter talks about in detail how basically standards at down there at Fort Bragg have been completely destroyed because women can't get through the Q course. So as we have learned before, when women can't get through the course, the standards are destroyed or they just basically lie and fabricate everything like at Ranger School. Uh, here's some highlights from this letter, and, and there's a lot of detail about this on the website. Um, I'm running out of time here. I can't go into all of it. Now, this is people, guys are going to train to be Green Berets, Green Berets. Students need not be able to pass a two-mile run at 80% standards. They don't need to pass a five-mile run in 40 minutes. This is what's going on at the Q course. They do not need to be able to pass a 12-mile rock march in three hours. They do not be, need to be able to form eight pull-ups. They do not need to be able to perform 57 push-ups or 66 sit-ups. They no longer need to be able to climb a 15-foot rope with a weight on. Students are no longer administered any form of physical or administrative punishment. After passing a 19-day selection process, there are no physical barriers to earning the coveted Green Beret. These are all standards for every Green Beret in modern history prior to this month. To say that the standards have not been eliminated would be laughable were it not so tragic. And General Zone Tag, Zone Tag, the commander down there of the uh, Special Forces, JFK Special Warfare School and Center, Quote, once they've been selected, there is no reason that they should fail a single portion of the Q course. Absolutely, General. Everybody gets a silver star, buddy. We understand. So basically, uh, your great-grandma could be a Green Beret now because there's no physical standards. You can't get tossed out of there unless you roll out of there in a, on a gurney. You can read a lot more detail about this at U.S. Defense Watch Radio or usdefensewatch.com. Uh, U.S. Defense Watch article titled Day of Delusion at the Pentagon in early April U.S. Defense Watch reported on the current state of the current, or the current state of PC liberal delusion wafting through the U.S. military. Uh, I was specifically reporting in the article on the Women Leadership Roundtable discussion at the Pentagon on February 7, 2018. I called it the delusion, where all these uh, female generals, um, Marion Garcia, my major general, commander of the 200th Military Police Command, said that I know that the future leader of the Army is going to be a woman because that person is going to be infantry. Okay, great. That will, that'll, that's fabulous. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Major General Mary Link, the Army Reserve has been very good as far as being able to balance my other priorities in life. I had twins, and I was pregnant with my third son, so I said, you know what? I want to be around. So I left active duty and came to the Army Reserve. It's been wonderful. Absolutely, the Army exists to serve the needs of pregnant soldiers. Absolutely. Okay, here's a um, Lieutenant Colonel Angela, no, Lieutenant General Gwen Bingham, Army Assistant Chief of Staff for Installation Management, recalls an earlier time when her male leaders reacted to her pregnant appearance. And then she goes on to say, oh, you know, you, when, you know, in the old days, it was looked upon to be pregnant, and it was horrible. And Bingham quotes, pregnancies are no longer seen as a hindrance or an inconvenience to readiness. No, not at all. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We can read that in more detail, too, on usdefensewatch.com. In a March article, the Military Times, also published by Pravda, reported that Fat Leonard wrongdoing, not a definite career killer for Navy officers. So fraud, corruption, kickbacks, and espionage are no longer a means for sinking your career in the Navy. Unbelievable. 
In some cases, an officer is even lauded in the same letter discussing confirmed infractions as recommended to remain in command. At the Air Force Academy, run by a militant lesbian, they conducted a symposium in March that included lectures by a transgender couple, a Marxist, and a sex guru as models of good leadership and values. Oh, yeah. And then there's the Marines. In an article titled, Where are the Female Marines?, the Marine Times reported in early March that the Marines wanted and needed more females in the combat arms. According to Major Block, a.k.a. Major Blockhead, there's no target number or quota for how many female Marines should be in ground combat units. The focus is on combat effectiveness. Uh, actually, Blockhead, um, perhaps uh, the Marines should talk to Marines who fought in Fallujah, Wei, the Frozen Chosen, Peilu, or Iwo, and ask them how women in the Marines' combat arms would have added to their overall combat effectiveness in those, those battles. Blockhead downed a, uh, this is from the article, downed a vat of Pentagon Kool-Aid and continued to rattle on. We are systematically executing the Marine Corps Force Integration Plan. No, Blockhead, you are systematically executing the United States Marine Corps' combat power in operational tempo. Moron. Okay, then there's the uh, the Air Force Academy microaggression article that you can check out here online about how this um, member of the cadre, sergeant, he was disciplining kids for the cadets there for long hair, not shining their shoes. And then some colonel came on and said that the sergeant is committing microaggressions. The Army also announced in last spring that there no longer is a grenade throw requirement at basic training. Um, because uh, according to General Frost, we are finding that there's a large number of trainees that come in that quite frankly, just physically, don't have the capacity to throw a hand grenade 20 to 25 meters. Uh, yeah, because um, 170,000 Soldiers in the U.S. Army are now women, and, you know, sometimes girls really do throw like girls. So don't worry about – they're also getting rid of land navigation and basic training, too, in the Army. Don't worry about throwing a grenade or reading a map. You won't never need to know those things in the U.S. Army. Well, that was six months' worth of PC diversity and leftist destruction in the U.S. military. What's something that's been going on for 20 years but really accelerated under Obama and is continuing to this day. Your military leaders are lying to you. It's going on is seemingly normal, and that everything is running smoothly. It's all a gigantic lie, a Potemkin village waiting to be burnt down, a U.S. government machine-fabricated Quonset hut of cards that will collapse the moment the first green tracer rounds go downrange in anger at our vanguard of cracked female, transgender, and weak millennial troops. It's all a mammoth Pinocchio. The feminists know it, the leftists know it, the generals know it, the Secretary of Defense knows it, yet it continues to metastasize like an unstoppable cancer. Our national security is now being run on a fantasy, completely devoid of reality, and God help us all. I'll see you next time on U.S. Defense Watch Radio on the front lines of truth and liberty. And here's a little message from President Trump. Years from now, some of them may look back and ask themselves whether they've made the right choice, whether they've made the most of the opportunities they've been given. Together, we have the same mission. Over the course of your life, you will find that things are not always fair. You will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. 
Never, ever, ever give up. Don't give in. Don't back down. And never stop doing what you know is right. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. And the more righteous your fight, the more opposition that you will face. In your hearts are inscribed the values of service, sacrifice, and devotion. Now you must go forth into the world and turn your hopes and dreams into action. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of Independence, they invoked our Creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. It is why our currency proudly declares, in God we trust. And it's why we proudly proclaim that we are one nation under God. The story of America is the story of an adventure that began with deep faith, big dreams, and humble beginnings. The next generation of American leaders never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, never quit. Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself. The more people tell you it's not possible, that it can't be done, the more you should be absolutely determined to prove them wrong. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. You must keep pushing forward. And always have the courage to be yourself. America is better when people put their faith into action. Pray to God and follow his teachings. Today, each of you begins a new chapter as well. When your story goes from here, it will be defined by your vision, your perseverance, and your grit. You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. As long as you have pride in your beliefs, courage in your convictions, and faith in God, then you will not as long as America remains true to its values, loyal to its citizens, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come.